This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 213, and tonight, well, it turns out, due to technical difficulties, the highly inappropriate holiday special featuring The Last of Sheila is going to have to be indefinitely delayed. Hopefully, I'll be getting to that next month, but what are we going to do now? Well, instead, we're going to keep things in the grindhouse. We're going to continue the tradition of Silesian's greetings that I set up in the last episode, and we're going to talk about the movie from 1980, Christmas Evil. Yeah, where it turns out that not only could you be a psycho Santa, you might also be Fiona Apple's father. What? Okay, we'll get to that later. But first, please allow me to introduce myself, if you're new to the show. My name is Patrick Walsh, and for the next hour or so, I'm going to be your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies, but you're going to have to see them through my very, very gay little eyes. So, what's been going on in Scream Queen's headquarters since last we chatted? Well, let's see. First of all, let's get it out of the way. Ding dong, smoochy watch, yada da da da. What's going on with that cat? Okay, Miss Thing has been putting me through the ringer. The day before Christmas, I got up and found blood in the litter box. So we had a big expensive vet visit. She's fine. She's got a little bit of a urinary tract infection, but she's on antibiotics and painkillers. And she's doing fine. The other thing that was fabulous. I figured it's getting cold. Let's 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 strike up the bird feeder again. So I got some feed from the store and I've been putting you know, bird feed out in the feeder that we have in the window, especially for her entertainment. Now I haven't been doing that much as I had been because now that Miss Thing has been losing weight and is more limber than she used to be. Now when the birds show up, she leaps up into the window and scares the hell out of all of them. Well, almost all of them. All of them. Except Big Fat Pigeon. Yeah, her sexy boyfriend will withstand the threat of Miss Moochie banging on the glass trying to get to him. Yeah, that love affair is still raging hard. Yeah, the other day she was laying on the chaise lounge like she does. And there were birds in the feeder, and she's just kind of looking over her shoulder like, is it him? Is it my man? And it was not her man, so Miss Thing could not be bothered to get up. And then, all of a sudden, there he was. You know, in soft focus, slow motion, flexing his wings, puffing out his chest, stuffing his face with the bird feed. And she was so happy, she went leaping up 
onto the windowsill, pressing both paws against the glass, and he's looking at her. She's looking at him. The violins are soaring. But finally the moment was over. And Big Fat Pigeon flew away. And Miss Moochie forgot that she was not a Big Fat Pigeon herself. No, she's a Big Fat Cat. But no, Miss Moochie tried to fly. She tried to fly off with her man. And leave me. And instead tore down the blinds. Not just tore them down, completely broke them. Completely broke the entire window dressing. That's my cat, and I love her. God help us all. What else has been going on? Well, things have been fairly quiet here, to be perfectly honest, since Thanksgiving. Uh, I haven't been doing a heck of a lot. I've been keeping a low profile. His money's been tight. And well, one thing that is interesting, a friend of mine, I discovered, had lost his apartment. Through no fault of his own. It's a long, complicated story. And I discovered that he had been sleeping. Or rather, spending the nights. In 24-hour Dunkin' Donuts. Because he didn't have a place to stay. And since, you know, LGTB homelessness is my cause du jour. Now he does have a place to stay. He's going to be staying with me for the time being. Until he gets everything all set up, until he figures out all these problems that went on with his apartment, and he has a place to stay again. So, yay! So it's it that's a nice. It's nice having somebody here, and it's, it's and it's been cool. It's been cool. Everything's very mellow. Everything smells very interestingly. He's very into incense and things, and so it's it's like living in a patchouli shop. But I kind of like it, and Smoochie doesn't mind because that is the big deciding factor on anything in this house, as we all know. And since I didn't say it earlier, for those of you who celebrate, Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's right after Christmas, and I spent Christmas with the family, and I'm not talking about anything that went on, because everything that happened was so traumatic, I cannot speak about it until I speak about it with a licensed professional. It was that bad. And it's times like these that make me relish the fact that, you know, I have another family outside of my regular family and that is my my little my little secondary gay family which is actually more primary family than my primary family is so go figure that it just reminds me that you know i have to keep my distance i i can fool myself into thinking that they are on my side but they are ultimately not and that's a sad thing to have to remind oneself every now and then but this is nothing new we've been through all this before we've been through all this before on the show i don't learn my lesson but i think i've learned it this time you know i just have to keep certain people at a very 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 lengthy arm's length oh well i got you and believe it or not, you guys are more important than my real family are to me. So how about that? Was that a big thing to admit? Yes, it was. Is it absolutely true? Oh, hell yes, it is. As sad, as pathetic as that might be that I consider people I don't even know better than my actual family. Well, that's a statement. But there you go. There you go. This is the state of things. This is the world today. And this is politics. And it, it, it tears people apart. And, oh well, they don't deserve me. But you do? Oh my god, what have you done to deserve me? Oh lord almighty, no girl, no. Well, since the year is rounding down, I just wanted to talk about a few things that may 
2017 X special for me things. If you haven't checked out, I really hope you do. They're not horror related, but that does not matter because I think they're great. If you do not watch Big Mouth on Netflix, I highly suggest you do. It's absolutely filthy. It is absolutely obscene. It is 100% hilarious, and it is completely accurate to what it is like being a pubescent teen. Granted, if you have the ghost of Duke Ellington living in your in in your in your in 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 in, in, in your in your attic, but you know maybe you don't. But we were all we are all painfully familiar with the hormone monsters. Am I not? Are the hormone monsters not the best thing that has ever happened on TV ever? Yes, yes, particularly Lady Hormone Monster. Yes. Yes, and now sometimes when it's quiet at night, I'll be looking at my window and I go, I wonder how many people are eating jizz in all these houses around me. But you know what? I don't need to know. I don't need to know. I don't want to know. I I don't, but I do. But I don't. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the only way I can help you is to go watch Big Mouth on Netflix. You will be a better person for it. The other thing is another podcast that's making me extremely happy, and that is Off Book, the improvised musical podcast. The fantastic show on the Earwolf Network, incredibly funny. I mean, you know me, and you know I love musicals, and I love improv comedy, and I know how difficult it is to do improv comedy, and the fact that these people are able to come up with musicals on the spot that often border on genius is amazing. I am often spitting food out my nose on the subway while listening to them, which is odd because sometimes I'm not even eating food, but food comes flying out my nose anyway listening to Off Book, the improvised musical podcast on the Earwolf Network. Go check that out. If you didn't watch Mindhunter on Netflix, I suggested you do that too. It's a true crime thing about the early days of the um, FBI profiling program. And the thing that's weird, I studied with the guy who wrote the book that this thing is based on, the series is based on, and it's weird because now he's a fictionalized character and they've kind of watered down some of the most heavy-hitting things that were in his book, which is kind of half biography and half a textbook on how to crack a serial killer's brain. And I have used a lot of the techniques in this in my acting because I find all them fascinating from a psychological level. If you if you enjoyed the show, I really suggest you pick up the book, Mindhunter by John E. Douglas. I don't really understand why he's a fictionalized character in his own story, but okay, whatever. He's a fascinating man. The book is genuinely terrifying and is much more frightening than the series ever is. As good as the series is, and it is good, it is nothing compared to the horrors that await you inside that book. You want some horror? Now you got it. It's some real-life horror, and it will set your hair on end. And if you read the book and want to find out how I incorporated the everybody has a rock concept into my acting, then we could talk later on because, man, did they just skim over this in the series and it was a such a touchstone thing that changed the way I approach everything in my life because, let's face it, everybody's got something that will make them crack like a goddamn egg and cry like a baby. Everybody's got it. No matter how tough you are, there's something in there that will reduce you to a pile of ash. I only use it for good. (laughs) So New Year's is coming up and I have absolutely no plans. Mr. Bradford is off with his family 
in St. Louis and, you know, everybody's got their couple plans and then there's me. So I don't know what I'm doing. I guess I'll be spending it podcasting. Who knows what I'm going to do? I don't know. It's it, New York is such a rough city to have New Year's Eve in and it's such a horrible holiday anyway because you seem to have to go out of your way to have it every New Year's Eve be the best night of your life ever, and it never is, and, you know, whatever. I I don't know. Whatever I'll do, I'm sure it'll be fine. But at this point, I have no idea. Hey, if you're in the New York area and you got nothing to do on New Year's Eve, let's do something. Whatever. I am actually asking for a date on my podcast. How pathetic is this? Not even a date. You know what I mean? Just just hang out with me. (laughs) I've been in the house too much. Oh, I'm so lame. Oh, and if you're dying to know what happened to the promised highly inappropriate holiday special, this is what's going on. The thing is, yes, I sat down. I did the uh, session with Doug Entry, and it is a bit of a mess, but I can fix it with editing. We, you know, it was longer than we normally go, and we get a little giddier than usual, and the movie is difficult to talk about, just because it is an intricately carved murder mystery, and it, it's wonderful, and you should find it. It's available on Netflix for the deep, if you can get the DVD, and the video is out there, as well as been see the Patreon people know where to find it. Right? Am I right, Patreon people? Yeah. (laughs) But in order to make sense of it, I need to pull audio clips from the movie. And the software that I use to do that normally has stopped working after a Windows update. It just doesn't like Windows anymore. And up until about an hour ago, I got an update for that software, and now it seems to be working properly, so hopefully within the next month, I will get that episode up and out to you, because it is worth checking out, and we will have a screening of it, and speaking of screenings, here's what I'm going to do for New Year's, maybe I'm not going to do it on New Year's Eve, but maybe right around there, I think, maybe this Saturday, yeah, I'm calling it right now, this Saturday, December 30th, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am going to be doing one of those online screenings. What are you going to screen? What I'm going to screen is last year's subject of the Highly Inappropriate Holiday Special, the first nudie musical. Now, don't worry. It's not actually pornographic. It's just highly suggestive. But I think a great way to kick it off is with Completely inappropriate humor, fantastic musical numbers, and a whole lot of singing genitalia. I think I think that's what we all need for the for 2018. Am I right? Just a whole bunch of naughtiness and 2017 the right way and ringing in and even wrong like in the in the most right wrong way possible, and then ring the new year in the in with with dicks and 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 and, and boobs and stuff, and you'll love it, and you'll love it. It will have a great time. It'll be this. Saturday at 2. Keep an eye on the various feeds. I will have the information for the My Circle room. And my apologies for those of you who showed up for the Silent Night Bloody Night screening this past weekend. But everything got screwed up because I have a cat who 
you know, got a urinary infection, and I completely forgot about the screening while I was sitting at the vet's office crying my eyes out. You know how it is. You know how it is. Cats, they ruin everything while they make everything better at the same time. I think I have babbled enough for this introductory section, so it is time to continue the Salesian's greetings and talk about Christmas evil. Oh, wait, but first, we've got a little something to take care of. Because, as you all know, Listener Andy was kind enough to gift me with a year's subscription to Shudder. That's that streaming service that is exclusively horror, and it is fabulous. I had it before, I let it lapse, and I am thrilled to have it back in my life. And I, and I hate to say to Listener Steve that that movie, Solo, that you've been begging me to put you up against the wall for isn't there anymore, but you know what? I'll find it. I'll find it. I'll find it. I put the request out on Netflix DVD rental to see if I can get it that way because this poor man is begging to go up against the wall. But somebody does have to go up against the wall and face the firing squad. And that's going to have to be you, Andy. Yeah, because it was really generous of you to give me the subscription to Shudder and bring this wonderful service back to my life. And for that, I am eternally grateful. I don't know how I'm going to thank you. But the thing is, sweetie pie, that when you gifted me that subscription to Shudder, the exclusive horror streaming service, you recommended a movie. You recommended that I watch found footage 3D. And for those of you who are new to the show, I am always open to recommendations for movies to watch. I am not aware of everything that's out there. So if something comes along that you are passionately in favor of, that you think that has escaped my notice, by all means, let me know. However, know that if I take time to watch this movie, there will be consequences. My time is precious. So if I love this movie that you have taken the time to recommend to me, you will be rewarded with hugs and kisses and praise and adoration and cookies and, 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 and whatever it is that makes you happy. You will become an internet star for the day. But if I don't, there will be punishment. And that is where the firing squad comes in. Even at Christmas, the firing squad is ready to do their duty. As always, their guns are cocked. They're drippy at the tip, and oh, they have jingle bells on them for the season. Oh, that's so cute, guys. Oh, that's cute. I love it. I love it. Get back to work. Get back in position, boys. We got work to do. Because Andy, it's time to pay the piper.
But first, let's listen to the trailer for found footage. Thraday. Drum roll. I get the drum roll. We are shooting the first ever found footage horror movie in 3D. <laughs> what? Why people waste their fucking money on this vomit-inducing amateur hour bullshit is fucking beyond me. How does that even make sense in the story? Like, so why would your character film in 3D? Well, why wouldn't he film in 3D? Well, the light's crap and the sound's crap. You're like, hey, exactly, but guess who's paying for it? Boom. Day one. We have to answer two questions. Why are we filming? What excuse do we have? Not to the camera document everything. Get the camera. The second question is exactly the same as the first question, but for the third act. Why the f haven't you put the camera down and run the hell away? Because the movie would be over if she puts the camera down. It's called the jump scare, and I think it's probably one of the most overused cliches. Job well done on that. Let's shoot. So found footage 3D is the story of this group of people who are not just making a found footage movie. They have decided they're going to make the world's first 3D found footage movie. And they are convinced that they are not going to fall into any of the mistakes that every other found footage movie makes. And all the same stupid trappings and the same stupid storylines and the same stupid scares that we see in movie after movie after movie that this is going to be a fresh original production from start to finish and i can't wait any longer andy Get your butt up against the wall right now. Normally, I wait to bring on the firing squad, but this has to be taken care of right away. Andy, assume the positions. Spread them wide. Because it's time for my verdict. Andy, this movie was fucking awful. Oh, yeah! Oh, God. oh my goodness, the firing squad is unleashing all over you. Oh, my God. Oh, such violence. Oh, oh, my God. They've been so hungry for a massacre like this, angry. They've been hungry for you, Andy. We're all hungry for you, and we're enjoying your suffering, your pain, and your humiliation. Holy shit, what the fuck are you guys doing? You're bringing out all the artillery on Andy. Okay, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, guys, good. Thank you. Thank you. The poor boy has suffered enough. Or has he? Okay, I am baffled by this movie for a lot of reasons. Because after I watched it, I'm like, well, let's see what some of my other podcaster friends had to say. Everybody seems to love this goddamn movie. Oh, it's hilarious. Oh, it's so funny. No, it's not. It's not. If your whole joke is that we're going to not do all of the found footage trappings that everybody's tired of, and then you do all the found footage trappings that everybody's tired of in a completely not interesting or original way, and your movie is an hour and 40 minutes, I don't see the joke. 
I was bored out of my mind. And the only found footage trapping that I enjoyed that they held on to here was the fact that they had a hairy bearded guy in it who couldn't keep his shirt on. This has been popping up in some of the more recent found footage movies, and I approve. This I approve of. The rest of it... Not a likable character in the bunch. All these histrionics. I don't care about your fucking relationship, director, star, and female star. I don't care. And plus, okay, all this stuff starts happening at this allegedly haunted house. That is exactly what's going on in your movie, but we never really establish what's in the house. So it's just the shit from the movie happening? That somehow you wrote a movie? About the Spectre of Death, which is the name of the movie, and the Spectre of Death actually shows up, I guess? I don't know, and I don't fucking care, and there's no reason. None. For it to be an hour and 40 minutes long. Granted, maybe if I had watched it in the third dimension, that I would have an entirely different take on it, but no, I'm poor, and I have a normal television, and I don't know if Shudder is giving out glasses or something, because I don't know how I'm supposed to watch it in 3D if I don't have the goddamn glasses. Am I right? Of course I'm right. And I'm sorry, at this point in 2017, with the amount of found footage movies that are out there. I've complained about this. Amazon Prime is nothing but bargain basement found footage bullshit movies. If you can't come up with anything original but a new camera, don't make a fucking movie. Make a 3D movie. That would be good. Don't recycle this nonsense. And plus, we have achieved new levels in found footage. Thank you. Thank you, because there is especially no excuse for recycling all these same tropes over and over again and saying, well, that's just found footage, when you have movies out there now, like Creep and the newly released Creep 2, which managed to bring something entirely new to the found footage genre and make your skin crawl from start to finish without ever resorting to a single one of these tropes. Not one. So don't hand me, oh, that's just the way the genre is. No, it's just the way the genre is because people aren't thinking outside of the box. Except, apparently, for Mark Duplass and the Duplass brothers and Mark Duplass's penis. Which is prominently featured in Creep 2. And I say hats off to you as well as pants. Well done, Mark Duplass. And hey, how you doing, girl? Oh, my goodness. Let's just say shit stopped in my apartment for a while when that happened, when all of a sudden he's like standing there butt-ass naked with his ding-dong hanging out, and 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 because and, all of a sudden I yelled out, penis! And my new temporary roommate, Paul, came running in, penis, 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 and so we had to watch the penis, then rewind the penis, and watch the penis again, then rewind the penis again, and have long conversations about Mark Duplass's penis. Or his duplinus, if you would. Mark Duplinus. Because it's Mark Duplinus. You get it. You get it. And then on top of that, the movie's really scary and disturbing, and not once does it resort to any of the bullshit that we see in movies that have been made on somebody's iPhone for 75 cents. This is bullshit. I love you, Andy. Thank you for the subscription, but my God, this movie was a whole lot of bu- Are you okay? 
Are you okay? I know, I know the boys went really, really hard on you, but something tells me that you can take it. You know, you've had worse. Or should I say better? <laughs> here, here. Here's, here's a napkin. Just wipe yourself off. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Shake it off. Okay, hit the showers. Hit the showers. I'll be there in a minute. What? Wait, what? What just happened? I don't know. I'd say completely forgo this found footage 3D nonsense. There's nothing new here at all. Go watch the creep movies. If you haven't seen them, and if you have seen them, watch them again because there's new layers that can be discovered. Little clues and stuff that you find when you watch them a second time. New layers of creepiness. And, you know, the movie is called Creep. It promises creep and it delivers creep. And I guess found footage 3D. It's called found footage 3D. Promised a found footage movie in 3D and delivered that. But it wasn't a good one. So fuck this movie. Fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. There's a million other better things on Shudder that you could be watching right now. Don't waste your time. Don't fall for it. Don't listen to Andy. Don't listen to Andy. Oh, my God. He's going to be in the shower forever. They made a mess of him. Oh, my God. He's going to have to chisel some of that stuff off. Oh, well. Another Saturday night at Scream Queens. What? Hey. Beautiful screamers, even though the highly inappropriate holiday special has to be postponed for technical reasons, I am thrilled in my own right because instead I get to extend the concept I laid down in the first place for December. That is, it's going to be a grindhouse Christmas, so I'm going to continue on with our Sleason's greetings by talking about the 1980 piece of weirdness called Christmas Evil. Let's take a listen to the trailer. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Good boys, Scotty. But if you're bad boys and girls, your name goes in the bad boys and girls book, and I'll bring you something... We hope all the boys and girls out there have been good this year, don't we, Bill? We sure do. I have something for you. I have superlative taste. Santa Claus. That's the only way the police can identify him. Merry Christmas, Frank. Avoid anyone dressed as Santa Claus. Don't make kids scared again. They won't think everything's coming to them so easy. They're bad. Santa's hit list is goddamn selective. He's making a list, checking it twice. Gonna find out who's naughty or no, no, no. It wasn't any of these Santa Clauses. His suit had dark fur. Don't. It's gonna hurt our kids. We're not even sure it's him. Not sure my ass. Look at the fur on that suit. trailer really didn't tell us much about what we're in for. Now, Christmas Evil, which was originally released under the title, You Better Watch Out. And since it's Grindhouse, I want it to be called You Better Watch Out, Motherfucker, but it's not. 
but that's not the point right now. It's the story of this guy named Harry, and he's just this kind of down-on-his-luck, losery schlub. He's the manager at a toy factory, and, you know, he just doesn't have much going on, except that he really, really loves Christmas, and he loves Santa Claus. You know, so much so that he his whole apartment is just filled with wondrous Victorian creepy-ass toys and Santa nostalgia stuff, and he sleeps in a... In a Santa suit, and when he gets up in the morning, he does Santa aerobics. I wish I was making that up, but I'm not, but it's just the way it is. And Christmas Evil is the story of his very, 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 very slow mental break. In which he assumes the personality of good old Saint Nick. Deciding who in his life is naughty and who is nice and... Distributing the rewards and the punishments. We've seen all this before, right? Of course, right. This movie's odd. It's sleazy, and it's odd, and I kind of like it. Now, I saw this way back in the day. I had rented the VHS probably when I was in junior high school and hated every second of it because it is very slow. It is The action is very, very widely dispersed let's put it that way the action that we as horror fans want to see but watching it as adults I'm thinking okay this is actually a fairly interesting psychological portrait of a descent into madness okay I could dig that could it be 20 minutes shorter oh yes it could this would have been a great one hour short film but no it's a full hour and 40 minutes yeah yeah but that's just what we have to deal with now of course the movie opens back in the 1940s where we have to have the traumatic Christmas in- in- instrument. The instrument? is that That's not incident. The traumatic Christmas incident that's going to plant the seed in little Harry's head that's going to haunt him for the rest of his life. Because this one magical Christmas Eve, wow, Santa comes down the chimney and gives gifts to all the kid- children. Yay! Of course, it's really Daddy in the Santa suit. Oh, but little Harry sneaks about downstairs after Santa supposedly leaves. And he gets to see old St. Nicholas performing Santa Lingus on his mom. And who knew that seeing mommy kissing Santa Claus with her pussy lips would be that traumatic? But apparently it is. I mean, he doesn't freak out. He doesn't kill people. He hurts himself. He cuts himself in the ham. But as an adult, I said, this, yeah, this is actually how this weird fetish stuff gets started. Something linked with a major event and something traumatic all rolled into one? Yep, that is how this Santa fetish starts. Brilliant. That is psychologically correct. Is it that interesting? No. I said, because he's got to go and ask for his whole family. Because that's what I want as a horror fan. But no, we're getting a psychological study of a very sad man. Now, our main dude is played by an actor named Brandon Maggart. And this is something that I've never heard brought up on all the other podcasts that I've heard cover this movie over the years. Because this is what put the nugget in my head. I said, you know what? You saw this movie a long time ago, and all these other podcasts said that there's something worth revisiting. So why don't we do it? And let's do it on the show. Okay, since we can't do The Last of Shield, we'll do Christmas Eve or whatever. But I discovered in my research, was shocked to discover that Brandon Maggard, our haphazard Harry, was nominated for a Tony Award for Best Musical. Yep. Yep, for applause with Lauren Bacall, who this same year had the fan out. So it's a weird, weird kind of weird. I don't know what goes. What's the Lauren Bacall connection? So many people connected with Lauren Bacall wind up in horror movies. Why is that? I don't know. 
I don't know. And the other interesting thing about him is that he's the father of Fiona Apple. What? What? Okay. So she didn't want to be known as Fiona Maggart? Go figure. That's such a musical name. Maggart. Reminds me of that nightmare game, you little maggot. Come closer to the screen, you maggot. I curse you with the Fiona Apple. Are we talking about Nightmare? No, we not, we're not. We should be, because that game is amazing. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I can't possibly help you. So right from the beginning, we're aware of Harry and his Santa obsession, because as I said, the first time you meet him as an adult, he's rolling out of bed in full Santa pajamas. He gets up, does Santa aerobics in his Santa-covered apartment, and, and, and you, okay, we get it. We get it. He's got a Santa thing. So much so that he is totally spying with binoculars from his roof on the children of the neighborhood and keeping a naughty and nice list in like really fancy like embossed books made specifically for this purpose. So he is really committed to this job that he doesn't really have. And I noted, I'm like, he's watching all the kids. He's like, oh, look at this, Billy. He's taking out the garbage. Little blonde Billy taking out the garbage. He's so good. He's so nice. Oh, and there's Sally Lovett. She's taking care of her dollies. What a darling she is. She's going to be on the nice list. There's one brown kid in town. We got Moss Garcia, the one Hispanic kid. And, of course, he's got to be naughty because Moss Garcia, he throws rocks at dogs. He picks his nose. He has impure thoughts, and he has negative bodily hygiene. So Moss Garcia is a stanky little nose picker. Mm, naughty. And, you know, Harry spends his days working at a toy factory, but he doesn't really like his job because the toys are crappy plastic pieces of garbage. And he's trying to get the factory to go back to making quality toys because quality toys make quality memories, not this plastic crap that breaks five minutes after you take it after the box, take it out of the box. But do they care? No, no. And, you know, his, his co-workers abuse him and the other managers think he's an idiot. And his brother also works at the factory, I think, maybe that whole relationship it's kind of confusing, also thinks he's an idiot. Everybody thinks he's an idiot. He's got nothing going for him except the kids of the town just love him. He walks down the street and everyone's like, hooray, it's Harry, here comes Harry, and yay. It's that guy who spies on us with binoculars, yay. And what I really find interesting is the juxtaposition of this kind of serious psychological decay of our main character. Without and out grindhouse sleaze. Unnecessary grindhouse sleaze. Like I said, we already had Santa Lengas in the opening scene. Fine. The next major female character that we meet, the only sympathetic to Harry character in the whole movie, is his brother's wife, whose name, I don't know, because we never, it doesn't matter, who we meet vagina first. The first time we see her, she's turning towards the camera, and her robe is half open, and whoop, there's a cooter. I'm like, all right, hi, nice to meet you. I wish I knew what your face looked like, because all I could see is your beaver. And all I can, I immediately named the family the Beavertons, because I have no, I, it took half the movie for me to figure out what their relationship was. Because it's also that kind of movie. Like, everything is really on the cheapo here, and yet, it is oddly effective if you know that you're not getting a slasher movie as it was built. If you go in knowing that, you might have more patience than 13-year-old me did back in the day. 
But I got to say, even adult me right now was looking at the clock. At a certain point, I looked at, I, I paused to go deal with Smoochie. Surprise, it was acting up. And there was still a half an hour left. And I was just like, oh, God. Oh, God. Because while there's action here, and yes, he does start to kill naughty people, intercut with these wonderful heartwarming scenes of him bringing heartwarming cheer to the people of the neighborhood. It's like a little bit of cheer, a little bit of massacre, a little bit of cheer, a little bit of massacre. I appreciate that. These start to get really long, and the the violence is just tiny little bursts. And of course, that's what we're all hungry for. It being shot in New York, I was enjoying a lot of things. I was recognizing a lot of things back in the sleazy old days. I was very happy that this children's hospital that he steals a bunch of toys in the factory for, uh, and he delivers to them, they used the exteriors of Creedmoor. And Creedmoor was the asylum that was somewhat near where I grew up. And that was the place they, you know, the other kids would tease all the other kids with, oh, we're going to go to Creedmoor and I got to lock you up in Creedmoor. And I'm like, oh, we're having Christmas at Creedmoor. Yay. Yay. The other thing I enjoyed, and this makes me sound like a totally farty old queen. I enjoyed seeing the clips on TV of the vintage Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which I'm also going, you didn't get the rights to this. You didn't get the rights to any of this. You totally stole this good for you. But you got to see the things they don't have anymore. You got a quick glimpse of the underdog balloon. I said, I miss underdog and I miss Bullwinkle. Okay, they're so big now that they might kill people. But you know what? It was worth it. We could have died at those parades at any time. And if I had been killed by Bullwinkle the Moose at the Thanksgiving Day Parade, my parents would have said he would have died the happiest way possible. He's in happy heaven now, killed by giant Bullwinkle. And you're all just jealous. And the other thing, they keep making fun. They have they have this Latino reporter who keeps popping up every now and then who is completely ripping off Geraldo Rivera. And at this point, Geraldo Rivera was a totally New York thing. He was not a national sensation yet. So I'm wondering if like Geraldo Rivera knows that he's being made fun of in this movie, even so much as they – I mean he's got really famous because he did that uh, – expose on an asylum in Staten Island that you can find that all about in the documentary Cropsy. They use footage of that as supposedly the hospital that he steals children for and there's the fake Geraldo Rivera. I'm going, oh, you you sleazy bastard. You're just stealing from everything. I bet you didn't get permission to use this documentary footage either. Good for you. Steal everything at Christmas. And speaking of stealing, the one thing that just puzzled me, which surprised me, was the amount of legit Christmas music in this and non-public domain stuff. So I'm thinking most of the budget for this movie either went toward supplying the holiday soundtrack for Christmas Evil, or they just used it and got away with it for whatever reason. Because, man, he, Harry loves his Christmas music. But he doesn't really seem to like Mo- I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus for some reason. Probably because the lyrics are... As I said earlier, I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus with my vulva. With her vulva. My vulva? I saw with my vulva. What? <laughs> okay, everybody stop thinking about my vulva right now. You nasty, nasty people. There's also a scene with uh, his brother's kids watching March the Wooden Soldiers. And if you grew up in New York City, you know damn well that it was not Christmas until you got to see March the Wooden Soldiers on WPIX Channel 11. That was a Christmas tradition. And I also loved that the news found it 
necessary to interrupt March the Wooden Soldiers with this report about the killer Santa Claus. Like, if you see Santa Claus, run. Santa Claus is evil. Santa Claus is going to kill you. And now back to this children's program. <laughs> Merry Christmas, kids. And the father's yelling at the kids, you gotta turn that off right now because we gotta watch out for Santa. Like, but we can't because it's the best part of the movie. And it was the best part of the movie because it's the part where the bogeymen are taking over Toyland. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I can't possibly help you, okay? You have to go see March of the Wooden Soldiers, but we are not talking about that right now. We are trying to talk about Christmas evil for what it's worth. Even though it's low budget, even though it's slow, had, um... Now, Fiona Apple's dad, I forgot his name already, Mr. Maggart, does give a really endearing performance for what it's worth. I felt bad for this guy. I mean, I got him. I understood him. I felt bad for him. Yeah, okay, I don't really, you know, justify stabbing people in the eye with a toy soldier's gun when they're coming out of midnight mass, but those people were assholes. They were awful, and you knew they were assholes because they came out of the church, and they were talking, and this haughty-taughty people like the, like, you know how all rich people talk in the movies. Oh, yes, as I have superlative taste. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you deserve to be stabbed in the eye, bitch. You deserve it. You deserve it. And what I love that after he massacres all these people on the steps of the church after Midnight Mass, it goes to this very long scene where he gets kind of yanked into this neighborhood party at the Friends and Family Association where he's giving out more kids to the kids and he's dancing with everybody and everybody loves him. And I'm like, you you, you are going to be really embarrassed tomorrow, people of Friends of the Family Association because you're going to realize that you invited Psycho Santa in to dance with your youngins. That's not going to be good in the, in the holiday newsletter. No, that's not going to be good for anything. No, it's bad. And even though the scene was too long, I appreciated that kind of juxtaposition that he just did something awful and now he's doing something really nice. And there we go. And of course, the scene everybody talks about is the very, very end of the movie because he has painted his van with a big sleigh to look like Santa's as, as he's going around doing all of his various Christmas tasks, both naughty and nice. And at the end, after he's angered the townspeople enough, to, so they form a legit mob. Like, all of a sudden, these people have woof, torches, like straight-up torches, like a straight-up Frankenstein movie in Staten Island, wherever the hell they film this. Uh, holy shit, these people had their torches ready to go. No pitchforks, though. Those were not in the budget. No, but we had torches, and he's being chased around town, and he confronts his brother, and it's all craziness, and, 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 and at the end... To escape all of them, he drives the van off the bridge. But instead of crashing to his death, the van flies off into the sky in a flurry of jingle bells because apparently he is Santa now. Okay. And I'll buy that. People say it came out of nowhere. I say, no, it's actually set up slowly throughout the film. There are things when he first tries on the Santa Claus suit and he glues on the beard. He can't get it off. He's pulling on it and yugging, tugging at it, and that beard will not come off. And there's a few other things to indicate that he is actually becoming Santa. So even though it is a completely bonkers ending, it does not come out of nowhere. And I'm sure Fiona Apple feels good about that, too. She'd be like, my dad, my dad may be Psycho Santa, but at least he was justified Psycho Santa. He didn't come out of nowhere, Psycho Santa. And he is Santa, by the way. I'm Fiona Apple, and my dad's Santa. Suck my dick. That was... 
the title of her first album, but the, the you know the, the 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 album the studio made her change it. Shut up. What do you know? So while I wish there was more killer Christmas mayhem in Christmas Evil, there is yeah, there's the massacre scene at the church, and there's a scene where he kills one of his co-workers who is naughty by you know smothering him with a box of pres- a bag full of presents, and then cutting his throat with a star off of the top of the Christmas tree. They're few and far between, and for the most part, it's about the nicer, nicer stuff or, or creepier stuff, like him watching the kids and and you know scaring poor terrorizing poor Mars Garcia I mean sometimes you know what you're a nine year old boy of course you smell and of course you pick your nose come on now okay he looks at penthouse but who didn't do that either okay I didn't well yes I did never one you've heard that story you've heard that story have you have I told that story on the air I'm sure I've told that story on the air look at her shoes that's a Christmas story for another day because I I don't know what to say about Christmas Evil. I, it's weird. It's a weird movie. I'm glad I watched it. I'm also interested to find out that Peter Friedman was in it. It was one of his first movies. He's a legendary character actor now, married to Joan Allen, does all kinds of Oscar-winning shit, but started in Christmas Evil. Love to see stuff like that. And a lot of these other people are staples in 70s and 80s stuff shot in New York. As well, so there are recognizable faces, and they're all just slumming here. And apparently, this was a huge labor of love to get it out, and it does feel like it because it did need an editor. I realize you love your baby, but your baby's too long. You need to cut it down just a little bit. Maybe just snip off a toe or two. It's got ten. It's got ten toes. You can still walk. Just snip off two little toes. It'll be fine. This just got weird. Got weird. Shut up. How dare you? On Christmas. On not Christmas anymore, Christmas. Anyway, so that was Christmas Evil. Yeah, it's not the highly inappropriate holiday special, but it was the painfully on-the-nose holiday replacement special. And as my mother always said when I got a present that I didn't like or want, she'd say, be grateful you got anything. So I'm saying that to you right now. This may not have been the last of Sheila, but be grateful you got anything, you ungrateful bastards. Because Fiona Apple's dad is out there. And he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good. And and when you shake and bake. Yes, shake and bake. And I helped. Yeah, shaking and baking at the grand house for Christmas. It's the grand house Christmas. And we're shaking and baking with Fiona Apple's dad. And he's going to stab you in the eye. And I'm done. Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. Since this was supposed to be the inappropriate uh, holiday party and therefore have guests on the show and therefore I don't take voicemails or emails, I don't have any voicemails or emails to share with you. So I guess that's going to wrap this show up for 2017. Can you believe it? Another year come and gone. And I just want to point out right now that my steam heat has gone bananas. I don't know what they've done to the radiator in the past month or so. But it used to be it was like a nice 
unpleasant clinking and clanking that made me happy when it came on. No, it's angry. It's angry at me, and it's loud, and it sounds like a typewriter being played with like be, with giant, angry, steampunk typewriter that you need sledgehammers to use, and there's like angry, rusted robots that are using the sledgehammers on the typewriters, and they slurp at me a lot, which is really disturbing, so there's been a lot of noise in the background for this show, but there's nothing I can do about it. It's just the clang, clang, doo-doo-doo, steam, heat, and I'm not playing the jingle for that, because let's, let's face it, we've already played that enough this year. So, since I have started recording this episode, we have firmed up that the online screening of the first new musical will be happening this Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There is a link in the Facebook invite. I'll be putting information out on Instagram and on Twitter and on uh, 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 the various social media. So keep an eye out for that. It's that my circle thing again. So please join me on Saturday afternoon and find out all about the movie that scandalized Doug Shapiro and trading last year for that holiday and a highly inappropriate holiday party. Because if we can't have one on the show, we might as well have one together, right? Right? And what's better than kicking off the new year with just a little bit of titillation? See what I did there, titillation. And listen, even though the movie's about the world's first pornographic musical, the movie is not pornographic, so don't worry about that. That... It, but it ain't safe for kids either, because there's 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 floppy naughty bits everywhere, and of course the infamous dancing dildos. But you know what? Hey, what says Christmas and the holiday season more than a bunch of dancing dildos with visions of dildos that danced in their heads, and they'll dance in your eyes, and they'll dance in your well wherever you put a dancing dildo. What am I even talking about? The other thing that has happened in the interim is that apparently I am now having a New Year's Eve party. At my apartment. I don't know really how this happened, but it's happening. However, the thing that you should be interested in, that I will be live streaming a portion of the party. I haven't figured out what time yet. I have to talk this over with people. But we're going to be doing something that's going to be fun and interactive. And that's only going to be on the Facebook page. So if you're not following the Facebook page, you should do that. Because we're going to have interactive fun on New Year's Eve. And you can play along. I've got a fun game to play. I'm going to be telling you a story, and you get to choose how it ends. You get it's a choose your own adventure epic thing, and it's going to be so much fun. And we're we're we're, we're you just you got to be there. Just keep an eye out on the Facebook feed for information about that if it happens. I hope it happens because I mean I mean am I having a party? I don't know what's having a party because this is what happens. You go to Marie's, you meet British people, and all of a sudden you're having a party in your apartment, and you don't know how it happened. Anyway. I'm kind of sad I don't have any voicemails to share with you with wishes for the new year, so I guess you'll just have to take mine. With everything that's awful going on in the world, on just about every level, it's really hard to become negative and jaded. And my advice to you for the new year And something that I will be trying to do as well is to rise above it as much as possible. Fight what you can. When you see injustice, if you see bad things, speak up. But don't sink to their level either. Going to take advice from Patton Oswalt and say be kind. The world is crazy. 
be kind. Be nice to each other, okay? It's a stupid, simple thing to do, but you know what? It makes the world just a little teeny tiny bit better. I know you can make it creepy. It's what we do here every time, but and what we do every day. It's what our people do, but you can also make it better, too. Better and creepy. So, with that, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, I wish you all nothing but the absolute best for you and those you love this holiday season and for 2018. And with that, I do have to announce, I'm going to have to take some time off from the show. Nothing major. About two weeks. There's lots of technical stuff that I need to learn on how to make the show sound better and be better. And it's going to take time. I also have to start an email list. This is the next step in getting me sponsorship and things like that is to generate an email list for all of you. And I have to figure out how to do that in the most efficient way possible. So I have to teach myself how to do that. I have to teach myself this new editing software, mastering software to make the show sound even more awesome than it already does. And there was something else I needed to do. I don't know. Whatever. This this did lots of technical stuff that's boring and not sexy and it's going to take time and a lot of concentration. So there'll be an episode the second week in January. It will probably be either a repeat episode or I'll release some of the, the stuff from the Patreon feed perhaps. But you will get your content not to worry. I wouldn't stiff you like that. I might stiff you another way but not like that. See what I did there? I gotta leave 2017 with a dirty sex joke about you and me, baby, because that's the way we roll here at Scream Queens. And with that, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a creepier place and never, ever, ever forget that Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight, survive the night. Make it to the final reel, baby. Because we got great plans coming up for the new year. And I don't want you to miss them. So don't die. Be kind. Stay pretty. Don't die. Happy New Year, babies. Bye. Bye. I go hunting for witches. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches! <laughs>